the In a Place Like This Holiday Special, starring Chris Michael Smith, Edmundo Sanchez Jr., Nicole Kidman, Beatrice Arthur, Darth Vader, The Jefferson Starship, Introducing Chewbacca's Family, and an animated In a Place Like This story on the In a Place Like This Holiday Special. Welcome to another episode of In a Place Like This. I'm Chris Michael Smith, joined once again by Edmundo Sanchez Jr. Hi, hi. <laughs> Almost forgot the junior there, sorry. <laughs> yes, better not forget it. <laughs> right. Um, so, we just had you on here a couple episodes ago. Uh, you've already told us a little bit about yourself. Is there uh, anything else you'd like to add to that? Holiday-related, like... I mean, every year I do try my best to go to, like, any, like... Like, go, like, look at Christmas lights with, like, friends or family and stuff like that. Um, this year I was lucky to... Two of them? Yeah. Um, we went to uh, <clears throat> Naples over in Long Beach by 2nd Street to see some Christmas lights at the canals there. Oh, those are gorgeous. Yeah, it was so pretty. <clears throat> Crowded, but it was so cool. And then we got to go very last minute to, I mean, like almost a photo finish. We made it to Newport for the end of their boat parade. They had a fireworks show, and then we went took the little ferry to walk really quick around Balboa Island. It was so stinking cute. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I We missed, well... We did get to see some of the boats, and they looked really nice. It was really cute. The houses were beautifully decorated. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was something I've loved ever since I was a kid, just going around, just looking at Christmas lights. And just, yeah, this is honestly my favorite time of year. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just so many fond memories. and um, I always try my best to make it feel special, like, by doing these kinds of things. So. Oh, yeah. It was definitely nice to do that. And when, uh, last month we went to the Mission Inn in Riverside. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. gosh. That uh, so it, nice. If you live in Southern California, during the holidays, you have to go there. It's it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. Treat yourself. Get, like, a nice dinner and then walk around there for, like, a little bit. Check out the Cheech Museum right across the street. Yeah, make it a whole day. That's what we did. Uh, it was, it was <laughs> like so Like an afternoon. Uh, let's see. We already asked you your favorite movie. So, what would you say is your favorite Christmas movie or holiday movie? Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, I mean, that that's always a tricky question in general. But yeah. um, I don't know. It's like always like kind of like a toss-up right now with like the Home Alone movies. Um, those are always just good stand stand-ins for like favorite Christmas. But I don't know. I've I've, I've really like at least lately have really liked Claws, the one Claws, the Netflix yes. animated one. First off, it's pretty, and it's just like the way it's like the story goes, and it's anim- the way it's animated, and. Um, it's like it has that perfect balance of just like funny, silly, like cartoon, but then like touching, and the music definitely gets you feeling in your emotions. And then all the voice actors in it are like incredible power powerhouse actors, so it's like you're gonna get a good time. And I, I guess if I had to say, that would probably be it right now. That is a good choice. We watched that one together, and um, that's actually one of the movies we'll be discussing yeah, a little I bit more. Didn't later. mean to jump. That's all right, but yeah. you know that is your favorite. I did ask you the question. Oh, gosh. You know, I actually didn't even think about this. Um, you didn't think about what yours I was? I know, right? And here I am asking you. Well, part of me is like, well, I already know it. And then I'm just sitting here being like, wait, I don't know. 
Um, How of, dare you? <laughs> <laughs> obviously, safe bet it was always like you said, Home Alone, because like who hasn't grown up with the Home Alone movies? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also thinking. Um, I, I before because I actually did make a list before, but I I start I ended it with uh, Die Hard being my number one. Um, we can go on about whether or not that counts. I am personally team Die Hard as a Christmas movie, but uh, I mean think about it. It's basically Home Alone, but the adult version. Oh my gosh! Um, you know what? What I think might generally be not just a great Christmas movie, but kind of the perfect movie is Elf. Oh yeah. Definitely. I, I've been thinking about that one a lot lately. Like, Elf is funny. It's heartwarming. It's probably the best Will Ferrell has ever been. <laughs> um, it is just this really cute movie. It's endlessly quotable. It's like one of the most memed movies on the internet. Mm-hmm. You sit on a throne of lies. It's great. <laughs> True. Just screaming, Santa! <laughs> I know him! I know him! <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna probably go with Elf. That could change next year, but mm. as of right now, Elf seems to be the movie. Uh, is there anything else we want to geek out about? Maybe holiday wise, something we do geek out a little bit on Christmas lights. True. Um, I mean, continuing with the lights thing, I we haven't got a chance to do it this year, and I don't know if we will, just because it's it's so popular. But there's always like the either Descanso Gardens or L.A. Arboretum. They do like special, like kind of artsy Christmas lights things that are kind of fun over here in Southern California. So it would be nice to go, but I don't know if we'll get a chance to go to them. But yeah, it's like especially the way the holidays. We've done a lot, but it all it always feels like there's never enough time to do everything we want to do. For real, and that's even with like the holidays starting so early, but like you know actually doing making time to go do all of those things and like work and all that stuff like yeah exactly. it's just so hard to like actually find the time to do it oh my gosh for reals <laughs> honestly i like good christmas songs like mm-hmm. i'm like very big on them i have a christmas playlist that i have on my phone uh obviously mariah carey queen of christmas the mm-hmm. inventor of christmas yes 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 uh that song for me anyway never gets old. I know there's like an entire, <laughs> an entire <laughs> meme joke about like the the Mariah Carey in the rearview mirror around Halloween time. Literally, the whole Jurassic Park right objects are <laughs> closer, closer than, than they, they appear. <laughs> we were in the this we were in the Cerritos Mall and like outside of Victoria's Secret, there's like this ad that's constant. It's just Mariah Carey on a loop, and it's like. Oh, there she is, the Queen of Christmas. Yes. Victoria's Secret scored the Queen of Christmas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. Her holiday special is really good, too, if you have a chance to see it. it's uh, I think it's an Apple TV Plus exclusive. I know not a lot of people have that one, but, yeah, it's really cute. But, yeah, the, that's what I would like to geek out about holiday-wise. Cool, cool. I'm sorry. No! No, 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 no way! This is Christmas! The season of perpetual hope! So now we move on to our main segment. So I we just kind of selected, you know, a few choice holiday movies to discuss. Uh, obviously, this episode wouldn't feel uh, entirely complete if we didn't talk about Home Alone. Yes, of course. I kind of want to bring it, like, talk about one and two, because for me, they walk hand in hand. I... I 
whenever I watch one, I have to watch the other. It just goes without saying. Yeah. Though for me, for some reason, I don't know if just maybe like family accessible, like they didn't have the first one on VHS or something, but I've kind of like grown up more with the second one as my my like go to out of the two. I do like both of them. They're great. But I, I don't know, maybe it's just that bias. So what me. I did notice growing up is part two was on TV more mm, during the holidays. Part, it, yeah. uh, part one, uh, like we had we had access to it. We had the VHS. We could watch it whenever we wanted. Part two was just always on TV. So it's mm. like during the holidays, you'd flip on the TV and it's it's on. Oh. Um, I saw both of them in theaters. I'm that old. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I might have. I just don't remember. <laughs> well, Home Alone, the first one, was the first movie... No, no. It was supposed to be the first movie that I remember seeing in theaters. Actually, I think what happened was it got sold out because it was one of the biggest movies of the year. Uh, Kindergarten Cop, starting Ar- starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, would actually take that, that uh, title as the first movie I remember seeing in theaters. Home Alone, we went to go see a week later. We went to a drive-in movie theater to go see that one. Oh, wow. And imagine five-year-old me watching, like, Harry and Marv just get obliterated by this child. (laughs) It was, like, to me, you ask five-year-old me, that's cinema. (laughs) You ask 38-year-old me, that's cinema. (laughs) It is fantastic. I can only imagine, like, as a kid watching that. Cause I'm dying of laughter like now. Still, still yeah. the this, the <laughs> antics, the the physical humor there. It's it still holds up, and that is like one thing I noticed just throughout the history of cinema, going all the way back to like Chaplin and Buster Keaton and all of them. Physical humor transcends language. Like mm-hmm. you could th- you could show Home Alone to anyone in the world. My my grandmother who only spoke Portuguese. Uh, she loved the Home Alone movies. Mm. Like, th- this was like, anyone can enjoy these. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I know I remember watching them with um, my grandma and um, aunt who speak only Spanish. I don't, my aunt, I remember she used to work in a movie theater and she was saying that that, that one was one of those popular ones, even in Mexico, um, was like always sold out for that one in particular. I, I know that the title is something. I'd have to look it up. I don't remember it off the top of my head. Magic of Google. Yes. Actually, IMDb has a cool little feature where you could actually see what the title is in different countries. Oh, good. So, Home Alone, the first one, right? Yeah, I think it was the first one. Here I mean, we are. <laughs> Here we're on this audio medium, just act- actively looking stuff up <laughs> while we are. Also known as, I, th- I think that might actually be it, uh, my the Argentinian title is "My Poor Little Angel." Oh yes, yes. Uh, what's the, in span the span in Spanish? Obviously, uh, "Mi pobre angelito." Yes, which is hilarious to think about. Cause it, I don't know <laughs> if you guys know, but that's yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You said "My Poor Little Angel." Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's great. I, I love it. There's like an entire thing about where. Um, I've seen articles online about what movies are called in different countries. It gets really it gets really fun uh what was cool about so if you have netflix there was a series they had on there called the movies that made us they had uh, an entire episode on home alone and one thing that really struck me is that a giant chunk of the interior shots they built a set 
inside of a high school gymnasium. That, when you told me about that, I was like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, not the entire house. I believe the staircase landing was actually filmed in, in the house, the, the house that the exterior shot and everything, which that's wild to me because that almost never happens. The exterior is all, always different than the interior. Mm-hmm. But, like, most of the house was, like, filmed, like, recreated in a high school gymnasium. That is so wild because I literally, I guess the magic of movies, I could not, you can't even tell. I would live in that house. I would live in that high school gymnasium. Like, <laughs> right? Like, oh my that God. That sounds like a cool series. I need to look that up. Hopefully yeah. it's still available. Hopefully they left it on there. It was cool. I liked it. Uh-huh. Like, Patton Oswalt narrated and everything. Uh, like, yeah, it's... Oh my God. <laughs> I love that it. That definitely is. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> that was one of the cool things about that. The fake movie that they made for both of them, the Angels with Filthy Souls movies, mm. which... Uh, Play on angels with dirty faces. Always, probably the most quoted line in the movie. Uh, Keep the change, you filthy animal. Um, so yeah, my first experience was that was in a drive-in movie theater in 1990. Like wow. I was five years old. Like that is wild. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm old. I've I've aged myself. <laughs> Enough of that. I'm, I'm a geriatric millennial. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright. Is there anything else you wanted to add about Home Alone? We're still just talking the first one or just in general? Yeah, we haven't yeah, we haven't really gotten to the second one yet. Yeah. The second one I also saw in theaters, but that was not a drive in and yeah. Uh huh. Like I said, I don't remember where I saw those movies, but like you said, chances are probably stuck with me more because you said it was more on T V than anything. Um Uh let me think. So that one, uh what was cool about that, they had to come up with a reason. Mm-hmm. why he would be separated from his family again without making his parents look like the most neglectful parents in the world. And honestly, I think they did a pretty good job at it. Truly, yeah. It was literally because uh, he is a kid and he's doing kid things and he got lost. Yeah. Um, um, well, in our line of work, we do deal with lost children a lot and it's almost always the same kind of deal. You know, Kids not paying attention because they're overstimulated or they're focusing on something and parents are just continuing. Very likely. Like, who doesn't know about a kid being lost or they themselves being lost by that situation when they were a kid? Or even as an adult, let's just be honest. I was lost in a store when I was a kid a lot. No, I wasn't lost in an airport and ended up in the wrong city. No, that never happened to me. But um, with kids, it's like you turn away for one second and they'll, they'll like go off and do their own thing that's like mm-hmm. that's just a normal thing uh even now in the age of cell phones imagine you know back before when all they had to entertain themselves was a little uh portable cassette player that can augment people's voices mm-hmm. which was a th- that was a thing i remember it was a thing because of the movie like the movie came out and then all of a sudden uh i think it was tiger electronics released the version that you could buy for home oh wow the, the voice modulating tape recorder. I wanted one, but I'm like, that was wild that people actually thought that was a legit voice. I know, right? That, that <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe go, goes to say about, like, the sound quality of telephones in that period. Maybe they're like, I don't know. It was the 90s. Uh, this is, this is Peter McAllister, the father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Such a silly movie. Like, truly just like whimsical and fun and makes New York look like such a magical place. It really does. Like, it, it, it does kind of touch on scary New York, but like, yeah. it really gives you a very glossy and like almost a fantasy New York where uh, people aren't in the streets 24-7 during the holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that scene where uh, he throws the bricks at Harry and Marv, it's like, how are there not, like, 40 to 50 other people on that street right now? Exactly. <laughs> the city that never sleeps, but that one street where the really busy toy store is, is not, like, like, it's not in a suburb somewhere. It's in New York. It, that, that's one of the things I think that's, like, fun now, you know, watching these movies as an adult. And then just, like, you still enjoy them, but just, like, poking at the little things like that. Yeah. I mean, we watched a whole series about how many times um, oh, they the <laughs> Honest action. Oh, the honest yeah. trailers, people. I, kind of, I wish they continued to do this because it was a cool little side thing they did. They did a... It was called Honest Action, where they would show, like, how many time, how many lives a person would need to live through the events of a movie. The brick scene basically kills Marv, like, four times, because that... To be honest, you know, people don't survive having a brick thrown at them for might. I know, for reals. And, um, especially watching it like that, I didn't realize... How many times he was hit in the head with the brick? Like it's almost like okay, it's not like it's that. What's that thing from the Simpsons? Stop! Stop! He's already, already dead. dead. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, no. That just in general, like how many lives these people needed to yeah, get through these movies or just is... things that we see that like would never be the able elect- to happen. The electrocution scene, which is like. Completely iconic. You see his skull screaming. I know, skull with a wig. (laughs) (laughs) Iconic. Uh, uh, I didn't realize when I was a kid, like, the one of the biggest jokes in the movie is Harry not cussing. Because Joe Pesci is, like, one of the biggest potty mouths in movie history. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, like, the same year. Home Alone came out the same year Goodfellas came out. Which was Joe Pesci's Oscar win? Uh, a couple, years, and I think yeah, Home Alone two came out the same year. My cousin Vinny came out. Another like very, like dirty mouth movie, also iconic. Like one of my favorites as well. <laughs> he has the range. He does. But like in this movie, because it's for kids, it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the joke: is he couldn't swear. Oh my gosh, it's like, how did he come up with all those mumbly sounds? <laughs> uh, acting. Acting. Alright, I think we pretty much covered Home Alone, what do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, next up, we can go into Klaus. Oh yes, Klaus. So we did cute. touch upon that a little bit, but that is your favorite Christmas movie, so it only seems about right. Yeah. Um, I Well, I mean, the main character is voiced by... Jason Schwartzman? Jason Schwartzman. I yeah, Jason yes. Schwartzman. And um, he's already, like, great. I've always, like, liked him in the things that he's been in. He is... I, he's, he's amazing. He's really funny. Yeah. No, and he ha- he got that role, like, pretty down. Like, I mean, it's a completely new character, new story kind of thing. But he handled it really well. Like, he's very bratty, and he plays bratty pretty well. J.K. Simmons as Santa Claus. Yeah. That... I mean, couldn't have picked a better voice. Or Klaus. 
Not the same. Oh, yeah. Claws, and he, you know. Sinter Claws. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, I think Joan Cusack plays, like, one of the... <laughs> one of the villains? Yeah, one of the villains, which is, like, kind of, like, my brain still is... Like, even to this day, like, I enjoy it, but it's kind of funny hearing the voice of Jesse be, like so bad it's just kind of funny to hear <laughs> i mean for me i was a little bit easier because i the first thing i remember seeing joan cusack in was adam's family values mm. when she was debbie so i've already seen her in a actually far more villainous role than this true very true but you know she has that range though she's one of my favorite actresses i love her in like pretty much everything i've seen her in oh uh-huh. yeah no yeah she's fantastic um Oh, I forgot her name. The the love interest. Oh, Rashida Jones? Yeah, Rashida Jones. Like, Parks and Rec fans come through. She is in it. And it's, it's great. She plays that, like, uh, a really frustrated teacher that's just trying to get out of this, like, town that's, like, just war- two warring families that just, like, make it miserable there. So she's trying to just get out there. But because of... Um, the mail the, service. That... The mail guy... Um, Jason Schwartzman and I, I forget, yeah. I forget the character's name. I know but what, what is his name? The, the, ma- the tiny mailman. No, yes. that's, that's up. <laughs> <laughs> um, because of him, like, I mean, at the beginning, he's just trying to get out himself, too. But he ends up making, some, making Christmas happen, basically. Yeah, it's such an interesting and very original take on the story of Santa Claus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's definitely one of those... Um, this like, is how it happened. Yeah, it's like an origin story. That's it, an um, origin story. Uh-huh. It is also one of those where it's like, uh, you might, as a parent, want to have some conversations with your child if you are not ready for your child to not believe in Santa Claus. Because it's one of those that kind of like, so here's the true story behind Santa Claus. He's not the big jolly guy who, uh, it's uh, this guy instead. And it, there's a more practical reason for it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so if you're not, it's one that maybe you could show to older kids, but like if you you still want to like preserve that my child still believes in Santa Claus thing, maybe maybe wait a couple years until you're ready to have that conversation. Oh, uh, true. I didn't even think about it like that. I guess my brain just went to like, oh, this is how he became who he is. Because yeah. like we, there is this time period where we don't see, um, well, no, we, there, in the, the way the movie, not to spoil it, but... <laughs> I mean, the movie's, like, what, five years old, so? True. Yeah. Well, like, the way it ends is, like, he is Santa, like, as we know him. Yeah. Because he, um, he can... That is true. So it's, like, it's just seeing, like, how he got to where he is now. Okay, yeah, I guess it kind of does. Maybe I'm, that was, like, a bit of a misread on my part. That's okay. Yeah. But, I mean, still, I could see what you're saying. Like, it might make kids question a little bit. Yeah. Because, let's just be honest, kids are pretty inquisitive and they will ask questions. Like, I'm sure anyone who's interacted with any child knows how blunt a child, yeah. <laughs> a child could be. So, Having um, been one of them, yes. <laughs> what I, I, was... I never was one. <laughs> Thank God I never was one. <laughs> We have discussed Matilda another day. Yes. <laughs> the um, animation was gorgeous. Yes. Former Disney animator. Well, I didn't know uh, Sergio Pablos, the writer-director of Klaus... We had also worked on uh, some of the 90s Disney movies. So, you know, the really, really good ones. Hunchback mm. of Notre Dame, Hercules, Tarzan. Oh, I guess, you know, knowing that you could kind of see that, you could definitely see the influence in this. Because it was, like, definitely a newer style of animation. It was, like, kind of, like, 3D, but not. Um, but 
hand drawn as well. Like it seemed like it was a good mixture of yeah. like all of that, and it looked amazing. Like it, it did. It yeah. looked really good, and it kind of like preserved some very like not heavy themes, but it does kind of get heavy sometimes. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. It's um. There's moments in it, like most holiday movies, that have like this emotional weight to them, and it, it's nice, honestly. Like I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, like a lot. It's like a, I love showing it to people who've never seen it because it's just fun. It's, yeah, it's hilarious at times, and um, just sweet. Like all around, like you finish, like that was such a sweet movie, right? <laughs> like that's just how you feel at the end of it. And it's on Netflix right now, so if you want to watch it, check it out. Mm-hmm. Just in time for the holidays. <laughs> well, it's at the end, but still, watch it. <laughs> So now, kind of like moving on to like more adult fare. Mm-hmm. Not, well, one yes, the other one's more like still a grown-up holiday movie. But these are like the holiday movies for grown-ups. We actually watched both of them earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2003's Love Actually and 2006's The Holiday. Yes. This is actually the first time I've seen Love Actually, which is wild. And you know it's <laughs> cool because i'm like showing you this movie that i've like loved for 20 years and actually watching it with someone else there are moments where i had to pause and be like oh yeah this was 2003 there were things that were (laughs) considered acceptable back then that by today's standards are like ah yeah Mm -hmm, definitely (laughs) i mean they weren't good then but like socially they were like we can Maybe we can make fun of this. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, have a laugh at Britney Spears' expense. That will age well in 20 years. I know. Uh, <laughs> but other than, like, get rid of the stuff that didn't age well. And I think it's like, how can I describe it? I'm not the one who invented this term, but I feel like it really fits here. This is also I, the first time I heard it was an was uh, honest trailers. So this is their term. I'm taking the I, I'm giving them the credit. It's like the Olive Garden of holiday movies. <laughs> the yeah, I could see that. Just I like... mean, they they use that for the Notebook, but it, it's kind of like very comforting. Uh-huh. It feels good to watch. Um, it does evoke plenty of like emotions and humor and uh tears sometimes Mm -hmm. uh is it the best thing for you are there better options out there of course there are but it gets the job done yeah nothing but respect for the garden in this household (laughs) right (laughs) yes no I, i i could totally stand behind that and as someone who's half portuguese hearing the the colin firth and Lucia Moniz, or it would be pronounced if you're Portuguese, Moniz, um, their love scene, mm-hmm. their, that entire scene at the end where he proposes to her in very hilariously bad Portuguese, and she proposes back to him in whatever ling- uh, however much English she was able to learn in the same amount of time, is one of the most adorable things I've ever seen. It was really cute. So, I will always stay on the movie just for that scene. but mm-hmm. And probably Alan Rickman's most villainous role because of what he did to Emma Thompson. I know. Like, jeez. It's Emma Thompson. How dare you? How dare you buy your secretary that necklace? Didn't Mr. Bean scare you away from that with his gift wrapping? 
Mm-hmm. Oh my god, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my god, that was so funny. I thought you said you wanted to gift wrap a cinnamon stick. Oh my gosh. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And of course, The Holiday, starring Jude Law, Cameron Diaz, uh, Jack Black, and the amazing, the incredible, one of my favorite actresses ever, Kate Winslet. Oh my gosh, it's such a fun movie. Just like, right amount of like silliness and sweet and let's just say it right now. Jack Black, oh my gosh, amazing, amazing, amazing. performance. Like, amazing. marry and, that man. Right? <laughs> I would. <laughs> that is like the hottest Jack Black has ever been. Truly. Like, oh my God. Uh, one thing I noticed too with that movie, like Kate Winslet is like one of the acting actresses. She's like... Um, she won a performance for a prestige. Uh, won a performance. Won an Oscar for a prestige post World War Two drama. My opinion, the wrong movie because she was better in the other movie the other the same year. But she was still good. But I preferred her in Revolutionary Road. She is a dramatic actress, and to see her do comedic like she's been doing it her whole life, mm-hmm. she is funny. She yeah. is really really funny. Like, that's the thing. You could truly see that she had a lot of fun in this movie. That she, I'm like, I'm not, she's not like the main character of this story, but she's I like mean, one of the first. It's like ensemble. It's, yeah. She's one of four. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like maybe, maybe because she, for us, like, she is like the cute, like the cutest one. Not, yeah. not that the camera dance isn't cute, but like, um,. She definitely is, like, the quirkier, the more clumsy. Uh-huh. Like, Cameron Diaz has her life together. She's, like, she's this big, successful, like, trailer editor. Uh-huh, true. Which was a fun little gag they kept throwing in the movie. I know. <laughs> that was silly. Like, again, yeah. this movie was overall just silly. But it was nice to see her play a lighter, just fun role. And again, like, I, w- I would love to see her do more comedy. Uh, say what you will about movie 43. Uh, I will forever defend her scene with Hugh Jackman. Uh, I don't know if you know about uh, Movie 43 at all. No, I don't. I haven't it's, heard of it. It was like a, one of those very slapsticky. It was an anthology comedy with every single big name actor you could possibly think of, like prestige actors, uh, comedic actors, people who've won Oscars, people who've gone on to win Oscars, Kate Winslet, Hugh Jackman, uh, Emma Stone was in it. Uh, it was Dennis Quaid and it's wild that all these actors got basically swindled into appearing in this really stupid movie (laughs) but her scene which opens the movie she's sitting in a restaurant and she's going on a blind date and her blind date is Hugh Jackman oh my god he sits down he's wearing this big scarf he removes the scarf from his throat to reveal that there's a pair of um let's just say um Things that shouldn't be underneath a neck, but Ooh. are rather rather appear between your legs. Oh my god, what? <laughs> and she's looking at this, and nobody else in the restaurant is even acknowledging it. Like, people are coming up, they're like, talking to him, they're like, uh, he's like, kissing babies. Uh, it was, it's like a heck? weirdly uncomfortable scene. And the reason why I think it works is because she sells it. Oh my gosh. She sells it entirely. She is absolutely uproarious in that scene. Uh, the movie's stupid. And <laughs> I love it for because because it's like an, one of the most audacious movies I've ever seen. But also, like, 
it's also considered one of the worst movies ever made. So take that, make of that what you will. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just wild that the movie exists. That is so bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Again, like almost every single actor who appeared in it was tricked into appearing in it. <laughs> And uh, my understanding is this weird thing. Uh, I'm going off on a tangent. This is a ho- anyway. Back to the holiday movies. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, yes. Um, there's some lesser known ones. because uh, every time I mention it, someone will always well. I, well, actually, when I mentioned it to you, you hadn't heard of it. Uh, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Oh yeah, no, I haven't heard of it. So we actually went and watched it. I put it's on Netflix. It's mm-hmm. readily available. Um, it's a musical fantasy comedy with uh, Forrest Whitaker, Anika Nani Rose, um, Keegan Michael Key. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. I, I'm actually kind of sad. It's not one of the. Uh, it's not as um, well known because it is so good. Truly, the music, the the singing in this movie alone is like, oh my gosh, powerhouses left and right. The it's songs, really all of the songs slap. Oh yeah, Ricky Martin. <laughs> Ricky Martin is right. the voice of the bad guy. I remember asking, like, wait, who is this? <laughs> who is this little guy? The little, the little uh, bullfighter. He's like I a, think a mo- so, yeah. yeah, bullfighter. He's like a to- like an, an animatronic um, bullfighter, like a little toy. And he's like a villainous bullfighter. Like, oh, no, right. <laughs> it gets dark. Like it starts off like really bright and sunny, and then all of a sudden, and his life gets ripped away from him. Yeah. But the then strange it, relationships and... Yeah. But it's such a feel-good movie towards the end. All of the musical numbers are great. Um, the kid, the main the main actress, um, uh, Madeline Mills. Oh my god, that she is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, no, like The singing voices are just top-notch. It's got a look to it that really... Like the production design. Yeah, no, it's definitely gorgeous. like quintessential, like fantastical Christmas. Yeah. Like over the top in every aspect the costumes, the hair, just the hair alone. Yeah. Hair design for like all of these actors was like wild. And it's so cute. Um, very like gears, toy shop kind of like style. Like well, throughout I, I, the whole I don't want to say steampunk, but kind of steampunk. Yeah, just like, a little bit. Like Christmassy steampunk, like holiday steampunk. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, it was super cute. Like visually, it reminded me of movies like Hugo and mm. uh, The Polar Express. Mm, yes, yes, yes. So it was a lot of that the, that vibe, but also it's a musical. The songs are great. The singing is great. It's it was so much fun. Yeah. And I watch it every holiday season. I'm like trying to like talk it up as much as I can because like this should be one of the holiday standard movies and again it's on Netflix you just throw it on right now it's so good uh-huh. <laughs> do it in fact stop this stop this podcast right now and put it on it's so good <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> I do want to ask the question does this count as a Christmas movie my original plan and you know maybe in future years I might actually go into it was to say die hard Everyone says Die Hard. I'm Team Yes. Uh, But instead, I kind of wanted to swerve a little bit because this one you wouldn't think would be as controversial, but apparently it is. Tim, mm, let me, Henry Selleck's (laughs) 
The Nightmare Before Christmas. Give the credit where it's due. Love Tim Burton, don't get me wrong, but like poor Henry Selleck does not get enough credit uh-huh. for his work. I'll never forget, I have the Blu-ray at home for James and the Giant Peach, which Henry Selleck also directed. And on the top of it, it says, from the, from the people who brought you The Nightmare Before Christmas... And the director of Alice in Wonderland. And I wanted to scream because, no! Oh my god. Tim Burton did not direct that movie either. <laughs> Again, love Tim Burton. Stop giving him credit for Henry Selleck's work. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the controversy here is a lot of people will say, no, this is a Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. And I want to know your thoughts. What do you think? Did we say the title yet? The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we did. did. (laughs) Um, Because I almost called it Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Which is, no, 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 no. Hold up. Hold up. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Sorry. Um, uh, Again, it's one of those, like, depending when you start playing the movie. That's exactly it. Honestly, it can be both. Truly. It it doesn't, you don't have to be, in fact, the movie was built to be both. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's very much inspired by the... uh, Franklin and Bass? Uh, gosh, I can't... Uh, I'm a, such a horrible film geek that I can't remember their actual name. The studio that does all the claymation uh, holiday movies and Bass? Franklin and Bass? No. Oh, you know, I think I'm pronouncing that... Um, I'm uh, mixing up with Franklin and Bass, which is a TV series. Clay- <laughs> claymation Christmas movies. Let's see what those are called. Um... Yeah, why don't I just say for now, Claymation Christmas movies, because as of right now, I'm like, I oh, should... Like, like Rudolph? Like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, okay. I know that's exactly what it's good. go. That's what it's evoking. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Uh, yeah. The, there is. There was a team that did all of those, and it's something like Franklin and Bass. And I think Bass is the second name. I can't remember the first. Anyway, um... That's what it's going for, but it's also Halloween. If you live in, if you uh, go to Disneyland often during the holidays, starting right before the Halloween season, the Haunted Mansion gets turned into a Nightmare Before Christmas themed attraction Mm -hmm. that lasts through January. Yes. It's, which is kind of sad. I've I've seen some people tweet like about, um, like, when will the Haunted Mansion get to be itself for Halloween again? That's true, and it's kind of sad. I get why they do it, because, again, Nightmare Before Christmas is both. Yeah. But at the same time, the Haunted Mansion is such a beloved attraction. I know. And then, it, like, this coming year, they're expanding. Like, they're making the queue a little different for the Haunted Mansion, and they're going to um, build, like, a, a little building to, like, make a little gift shop at the exit. So it's going to be... Close for a couple like weeks or months, I think. So it get it's gonna be like not to go off on a Disneyland tangent, but it's gonna be it's not yeah. even gonna be get to be itself even more for twenty twenty four. Realistically, if maybe for just like two or three months, and then close for the summer. <laughs> close for the summer because it does have to close to get that overlay in there. Yeah, it takes a minute to set it all up. But yeah, according to Disney, which to be fair. Uh, Tim Burton, I believe, still owns the rights to The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Now, you ever play Kingdom Hearts, like Tim Burton gets a 
copyright credit because his production company owns The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but according to Disney, the studio that uh, releases and distributes the movie, it's both. Yeah. No, I would totally like agree with that. It's like I, I've even seen people like if, if you want to make it a Christmas movie, like if you time it right, like start the movie at this time and it'll be Christmas right at midnight, like in the movie and in your time. Yeah, kind of I used to do that. I would watch it the day after Halloween because the movie literally like it starts on Halloween, but the bulk of it is like the day after Halloween. Mm-hmm. So it's it that's like a perfect time to watch it, like. November 1st put on the Nightmare Before Christmas it is both a Halloween movie and a Christmas movie everybody wins literally (laughs) yes yeah my take on that is generally is it a Christmas movie do you consider it a Christmas movie then it is one Mm -hmm. justice for Batman Returns (laughs) (laughs) Iron Man 3 um yeah so that will I think that about concludes the main segment cool on behalf of all the people who have assembled here, I would merely like to mention, if I may... So, we actually only had one question for our Q&A se- session. Okay. Well, one que- Well, not one question, but like one person actually uh, responded to it. So, a milady of Disney on Twitter has actually been generous enough to actually send us a few uh, recommendations uh so the q a session uh this time around is i kind of opened it up to be like what are some of your favorite christmas movies so milady of disney actually did uh submit some of her favorites uh some of these i actually do need to go actually see uh actually most of them because I've only seen uh, two on the list. The Thin Man, The Man Who Came to Dinner, The Desk Set, White Christmas, and the one I did see, uh, which she acknowledges it's a year-round film, so it kind of like encompasses the whole year, but has arguably one of the most iconic Christmas scenes ever, Meet Me in St. Louis. So Meet Me in St. Louis... Iconic Judy Garland, clang, clang, clang with the trolley. Mm-hmm. That one um, also includes the first uh, ever rendition of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, and Judy Garland, it is such a somber scene. Hmm. Like, they, they play it now like this very uplifting Christmas song, but in the movie, like, everybody's sad. Mm. Like, it is, it almost like evokes tears watching it in context of the movie um the one of the lines that she that she sings is like someday soon we all will be together if the fates allow until then we have to muddle through somehow and it's like oh my god the tears of this little girl she's singing to is just so absolutely like broken by the end of this song and i'm like Aww. Why is it so sad? I always thought this song was so happy. (laughs) But, oh, the movie is so good. It is one of my favorites. It is is a great musical of, like, the golden age of musicals. Mm. Still need to see it. And speaking of musicals, she also brought in Anna and the the Apocalypse. I don't think I've seen that one. It's a zombie Christmas musical. (laughs) Oh my gosh, what? All of those things at once, and it's brilliant. I love it. 
And also bringing in another musical, and this is one I still have to show you because you haven't seen it yet, uh-huh. is the 1970 musical Scrooge. Oh, that's right. Starring Albert Finney as uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. It also contains one of my favorite musical numbers ever. It's called Thank You Very Much. It happens during the Ghost of Christmas Future portion of the movie. And it starts off as this big celebratory... It's a full big celebration song. Like, it's big band, musical number. Uh, They're having this big giant celebration. Scrooge is in the back having the time of his life because it's this party... And later it's revealed what they're celebrating is that he died. Oh my gosh. I think I remember you telling me that. Yeah, it's so good. Or showing me the clip, I mean. Sorry. Like, you see the guy, like, one of the people, like, dancing on top of his casket as it's being paraded down the street. And he is so, like, oblivious to all of it. And he's dancing along with it. It is one of the most messed up moments in a holiday movie. And it's like... The, the song Thank You Very Much is so shady. I love it. It's great. It's like the pettiest, like, you're dead and this is a good thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dang, uh, they really took that theme and ran with it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's a lo- it's like a good four-minute song. <laughs> Dang. No, I, we need to watch this. Yes. Uh, yeah, we'll, we will be watching that one soon. It is, honestly, it, that one's a good one, too. I, I, I gotta say... Um, that was our only, um, that was our only response, though. Okay. It was a good response, so thank you yeah. once again, the Lady of Disney, for your recommendations. I still need to see, like, most of those movies, but the ones that I did see, very good. Uh-huh. Always has, uh, always have, you always have very good recommendations, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, um, I know we asked this question last time. Where can we find you on the socials? Um, I'm on Instagram at... I always forget what it is. One second. Who remembers their Instagram handle? Honestly, it's edworld15, all together. Um, That's my Instagram. And then on my Twitter... I don't know if it's working right now, but Twitter's down. We were having some trouble getting getting the questions <laughs> to load. Luckily, they they still show the notifications. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But my Twitter is Ed underscore World fifteen. So, yeah, same thing. Edmundo, Mundo. <laughs> still proud of myself for finally creating that one. It took yeah. me forever to like make that connection. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Um. That's a thing about it for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you would like to follow us on our socials, it is the uh, In a Place Like This. No, the. It's In a Place Like This podcast on Instagram and In a Pod Like This on Twitter. Uh, I, I'm trying to get better at engaging. I usually use my personal Twitter account more than I use my podcast Twitter account. I've been meaning to change that a little bit. And for all of you back home, I hope you were not just entertained, but you know what? This is a holiday special. Let me uh, close it off with one of my favorite holiday movie numbers. You're such a dear friend. You know I'm here, friend. 